Wow. I, uh, man, that's awesome, right? I'm coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about who you are, God. Not about what I desire. Not about where God is, where you think you should be. It's, it's where God wants you to be. It's just all about you, Jesus. Every time I hear that song, I'm like, wow, that song is just beautifully written. It just gets me. But anyway, I'm going to open in prayer. God, we thank you for the day. Lord, we thank you for who you are and, and where you're moving in 2015. Lord, we know that uh, it is for your son Jesus that we are saved and that the word of God tells us this. Lord, we thank you for where we're going and where we've been. It is in your glorious, glorious name that we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Aaron Elliott. And I'm very happy to be with you this morning, and praise God that I am. I was supposed to be here at 7.30, and I woke up at 6.15. I live in Champaign. Do the math. So, <laughs> so I was going about 85 miles an hour, and praise God I did not get pulled over, nor did there was anything that happened uh, horribly. I didn't have any coffee, nor did I not shower. So uh, we're here, and I'm as transparent as it gets, so <laughs> amen to that. Uh, what we're going to talk about this morning is uh, interesting, I think, is uh, New Year's resolutions. Any, anybody do a New Year's resolution? Yeah, someone raise their hands around. They're coming. 2015 is going to be here in about five days, and we're all going to raise our hands, and, and it's going to be a new year, right? Amen to that. We're all going to be excited about the new year and what all we're going to do so differently than what we did in 2014, but yet we all seem not to quite make it. <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you a story. My friends Dave and Ashley. And Dave and Ashley in 2014, January 1, they made a commitment to reduce their family debt. They said, our New Year's resolution is we are going to get out of debt as best as we possibly can. And as the, as the summer months arise, it turns into April, and Ashley says to her husband, Dave, and these are friends of mine, this is a true story, Ashley says to Dave, hey, we need to have a patio so we can have people over, you know, come over, have food, bring your friends over from church after lunch or so on and so forth. And Dave says, you know, he's an engineer and he says, sure, that makes a lot of sense, but let's try to keep it as cheap as possible because we did make a commitment to ourselves that, that we were going to manage our debt. So as the story goes, Dave says, yeah, we'll go through with the project, but let's keep it cheap. Well, Ashley being the one that is the the mother of the house loves to have people over. The bill continues to get higher and higher, and the, the patio furniture becomes more and more expensive, and they're laying more and more concrete. So I end up at their house about two months later, uh, right about the beginning of May. And I said, Dave, it's, it's great to see a smile on your face. I know as frustrating this process has been, this is a beautiful layout. He goes, yeah, I'm pretty happy. He's got a big smile. And he said, do you see that cement where the, where the workman guy is just now finishing up? I said, yeah, right over there. He said, yeah. He said, I threw my wife's credit cards in there, and that's called freezing the debt. <laughs> and I said, that's pretty good. So from that point over, they were really constituting on, on, on reducing their debt. But when we think about New Year's resolutions, we think about the word commitment. Right? That's the first thing that comes to my mind is commitment. And, and so what does Webster say commitment is? And sure enough, I looked it up before you so you guys don't have to know. Webster says an engagement 
or obligation that restricts freedom of action. One more time. An engagement or obligation that restricts the freedom of action. And as I explained in the first two services, once you become a Christian, you are set free from your sin, but you no longer have complete freedom of action. Does that make sense? Because when you live for the Most High God, there's a way that we need to exemplify who God is. And if, if, if someone drives by you real fast like I was this morning and cuts you off and, and you decide to give them a number in between one and three, okay, if you stop on that number two finger there, you're not, that freedom of action is, 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 is being testified by who God is. And, and so what, where we need to get to, what we need to understand is our action is now, has been restricted. Because the commitment to God far outweighs our actions. And, and that is where we're going this morning. And according to us.gov, I'm going to tell you the 10 most common New Year's resolutions. They are number one, as most of you guys probably know, lose weight. Number two, volunteer to help others. Number three, quit smoking. Get a better education. Get a better job. Save money. Get fit. Eat healthy. Manage debt, take a trip, fall in love, reduce, reuse, and recycle, and drink less alcohol. Those are the 10, according to us.gov from last year, the most common New Year's resolutions. None of those have anything to do with growing in your faith. Now, don't misunderstand me. I am okay if you want to manage your debt, but manage your debt and honor God. If you want to lose weight, I am fine with me. I need to lose some weight. I'm a college football player. Lose weight and honor God. We need to understand that in 2015, it is our year to honor God with our actions, with our faith. And you say, hey, Aaron, what I don't know is, well, if you're going to tell me how to honor God, how can you, what, what, you know, what New Year's resolution can you make? And luckily enough, I took a little research, and I'm going to give you five things today that you can do to make a commitment in 2015 to honor God. You are welcome. So when you walk out of here today, you can thank me and, and say, this is awesome. So what are the five ways, you want to write these down because they're in your bulletin, you have a chance to write them down. What are the five ways that we can do this? Well, the first one, pretty simple. We're going to break it down, and we're going to, this is a really simple task. Number one, read the Bible. And, and the reason why I say that is, is that there's so many things in this little small book that I like to carry. I, I became, once I became a pastor, I started keeping one that I could keep in my back pocket. But sometimes we don't take time just to open it. And as I explained it in the first two services, as a football player, we had practice, and we had a game plan. But how as a Christian can you live without your game plan? Without knowing what's inside the word is the only thing that can inspire you to live outside the word. You need to know what's in this book. And the only way to know what's inside the book is just to read. And how do we know that biblically it says this? It says Romans 15.4. Romans 15.4 says this. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and encouragement, they provide we might have hope. It's right there in front of us. 
Number two, excuse me, hello? Hey, I'm giving a message. I can't really talk right now, I'm preaching to people. Number two is have gadget free time. Put your cell phones down, put your iPad down. You guys thought I really answered the phone, didn't you? <laughs> Some of you young people are like, I've done that to my teacher and stuff, like no, don't do that. Number two, have gadget free time. Because that gadget becomes an idol. And that idol then separates you from where God is. I get up in the morning every day at 5.30. Except for today. That is a valid point. Who said that? Amen. Thank you. Yeah, during the week, 5.30. Yeah, that was, whew. And I normally have quiet time with Jesus, and I didn't have that either. <laughs> I'm as transparent as it gets. I get up every day at 5.30, and I, and I put my cell phone and my email and all that stuff away, and I spend time with God. Because whatever is being said in that email, whatever is being said in that text message, whatever is being said with my daughter, my family, nothing is greater than who God is. Nothing is more important than who God is. And we forget that. Well, what if? Well, what if, Pastor Aaron? What if? Is, well, can God not, did God not expect it? Did God not know it? God knows. Take time. Have gadget free time. Put them away. Relax. You'll find it very freeing. I promise you. And you say, where is that found in the Bible? Matthew 6, 6. It says, but when you pray, go to your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Number three. And this is going to be the, one of the harder, this is probably the harder one. Maybe the hardest one. Remove the holding back elements. Now, I don't know what those are in your life. I can give you some examples of some. Pornography. Alcoholism. Drug addiction. Living outside your means. Living in debt. Those are all things that will constantly separate you from where God is in your life in 2015. You've got to remove them. You have got to step on them and say, by all means, by the blood of Jesus, I am redeemed, and I'm going to take this out of my life so I can start exemplifying who God is. Remove those elements. Take them out. Throw them in the trash can. Get them out of your house. If, it's a, if it is porn addiction, by all means, go throw your computer away. If it is alcoholism, get rid of the bottles in your house. Remove them. If you want God to become active, you better become active. And you say, Aaron, well, where is this found in the Bible? And I'm going to tell you. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins that he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins, purify us from all unrighteousness. The word, I'm going to read that last part. Purify us 
from all unrighteousness. God can heal you. I promise you, God is a healer. But before you can be healed, people, you better start taking those elements out of your life. Number four, spend more time with Christians. Be intentional about your Christian friendships. Whenever I find in my life that my faith is starting to waver, it's when I'm not spending time with people that believe like I do or talk like I do. We are meant to be in community. We are meant to be with others. Why do you think we have churches? We have churches because we're meant to be with other people that talk like us and walk like us. And if you don't find intentional time to spend time with other Christians, you're missing your calling and it will not allow you for who God will want you to be in 2015. And they'll say, well, Aaron, Aaron, I've got all these unreached people that are bringing them to Jesus. And I'm saying, that's awesome. I love to hear that. And when they start coming to church and all that stuff, praise God. But I'm worried about your faith. I'm worried about you. Because let me tell you something, that sinful world out there is far greater. The enemy is far greater than your personal struggle. Right, so if you don't find time with Christian friends, if you don't find time people who think like you and walk like you and talk like you, they will continue to pull you away. And you say, well, where is this found in the Bible? It's pretty simple. Iron sharpens iron. One man sharpens another. And then when the transition is found in that community, once you start finding time to spend time with friends, get involved in a life group, or get involved in a small group, a Bible study, come to church more often, whatever it is, once you start doing that transition, you will then realize that you will become that sounding board to someone else. And as Christ said, I lay my life down for you, you can then lay your life down for someone else. I know in my own personal life, if, if you would have talked to my parents when I was in high school, if you would have said, fast forward Aaron's life till he's 30 years old, that he will be preaching at random churches up to 2,000 people, 4,000 students at one time, they would have told my parents that that was the devil speaking because I would have been ran out. They would have been ran out of the church. But I know it took people that wanted to pour continuously into my life for me to stand here today. And it was once I stopped running around with people that were, that I wanted to be with and compared to be more like I wanted to be like Christ was then once my life started to transition. It's just something to process. Number five, and this is one that my girlfriend and I discussed and she came up with this and I think this is just awesome. So I can't take any credit for this. Number five, journal your faith action. Journal your faith action. And, and so what does that mean? It means we are human, so we tend to forget what God has done for us. 
right? We get a great new job and it's praise God, I got a $100,000 raise, which I work in ministry. I'm never, I don't even know what $100,000 looks like. But we're like, praise God, got a $100,000 raise. And then the next day, my uncle goes in the hospital and the first thing we're doing is saying, why God, why me? And it was 24 hours. I say journal your faith action because then you can take time to look back and see how great God has been in 2015. Because as you move forward and because we're sinful and because we forget, I don't, do you, I, I don't shake your head if you agree with me. Do you ever feel like your faith is sometimes like on a hill? You know, it's just kind of like you're climbing up the hill and then you get to the top and you're like, wow. Like you come back from a conference or you come back from an awesome worship setting or, you know, whatever. And you're like, wow, I kind of feel kind of, you know, juiced up on coffee and Jesus. But then you walk out and you get home and you start to get in that grind. And your boss is kind of on your case and, and it's just like, wow, oh, man, my life, you know, why God, why me? And but because of those mountains and the mohills and because of the avid flow of our life, if you start journaling your, journaling your faith, actually, you start realizing, wow, that was really cool. It just happened last week that I got to go serve and, and spend time at a homeless shelter or volunteer or spend time with my kids and my family. Things that will help you highlight what has happened in 2015 to keep you going for the rest of 2015. You will forget that I was here next week when much better looking James is back and he's preaching to you all. You guys will forget that I was even present. But if you look back from six months from now and you write this stuff down and you start journaling your faith action, it might encourage you to move forward. And that is something I never even processed. I know that you're thinking the list between what we just talked about, the five ways that we can commit to who God is in 2015, and the ten things that we listed earlier of the us.gov of, of saying, well, one is, is, you know, over here, and no one ever attains those 2015 goals. And the other one is through God, and those ways that we can commit to who God is in 2015. But let me share with you this, is that you have God on your side, and, and it's proof in the Word right here. It says, John 15, 5 declares, I am the vine, you are the branches, and if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. So if you want God to help you with your losing weight, become active, start growing in your faith, and you can do something, because in all things, Christ is possible. I know that you can lose weight. I know you can manage your debt. And I absolutely believe that you can quit smoking if you have that smoking addiction. But I believe you can do it through who God is. Doing it on your own, is, as my best friend Jason says, is no bueno. It's no good. It's no bueno. I don't like that. Do it with who God is. And if you, like I said earlier, if you want God to become active, you better start becoming active. These are not all the ways that you can see God grow in your life in 2015, but it's a good list to get started on. When we watch this video here in just one second, I'm going to set it up for you. We're going to watch a little clip from The Blind Side. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that movie with uh, Sandra Bullock. And Sandra Bullock displays a person as, as Luann Tui, a family that was going to adopt an African-American 
football player, they go to a private school, and so on and so forth. And what is going on in this video is her commitment to her son, who isn't her son, the adopted boy that is taken into their house. You'll see that her commitment to her son instantly starts to far outweigh her commitments to her friends. So you guys got it going? All right. So just check this out real quick. Teeny tiny next to him, right? Like Jessica Lang and King Kong. Hey, does Michael get the family discount at Taco Bell? Because if he does, Sean's going to lose a few stores. <laughs> He's a good kid. Well, I say you make it official and just adopt him. <laughs> uh, he's going to be 18 in a few months. Doesn't really make much sense to legally adopt. Leanne, is this some sort of white guilt thing? What will your daddy say? Um, before or after he turns over in his grave. Daddy's been gone five years, Elaine. Make matters worse, you were at the funeral. Remember? You wore Chanel in that awful black hat. Look, here's the deal. I don't need y'all to approve my choices, all right? But I do ask that you respect them. You have no idea what this boy's been through, and if this is going to become some running diatribe, I can find an overpriced salad a lot closer to home. Leanne, I'm so sorry. We didn't intend to... No, we didn't, really. I think what you're doing is so great. To open up your home to him and Honey, you're changing that boy's life. No. He's changing mine. And that's awesome for you, but what about Collins? What about Collins? Aren't you worried? I mean, even just a little? He's a boy, a large black boy, sleeping under the same roof. Shame on you. What, what, I think is, what I think is awesome about that, if you could imagine, if you just transition your mind a little bit to think that, that she was a Christian and she had people sitting around a table with her, and she started acting a little bit differently because her commitment to who God was in 2015, you're going to have people that are going to say, why, why are you doing this? And what she said in there, which I think is empowering, is she said, I don't need you guys to understand my decisions, but I ask that you respect them. So if you start getting this crazy idea to start volunteering at a homeless shelter in 2015, people may not understand that, giving more time, giving more money. They may not understand it. But you, people, you need to ask them, just respect your decision. What else I think is cool about that is her commitment to Michael, who was her son, or, you know, adopted son or whatever, far outweighed her commitment to her friends. That she's decided to live for something different. And I think the coolest part in the whole video is, I don't know if you caught it, was the one lady said to her, that boy... Is you're changing that boy's life. And she responded with, no, 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 you don't understand. He is changing mine. And when we start living for God, what's the first thing that happens? Our life is being changed. And when I couldn't decide what to talk about, and 
for this message because it's typically a lower attended church service and it's in between the, the great, every pastor in the world loves to give the message on Sunday morning of Christmas or Sunday evening service because what a great message. All I could think about as I was sitting, and I shared this earlier, I got to go to church, um, I think I said first time in the first service, but it's actually the second time of my life, but I got to go to church in August with the first time ever with my father. He is 59 years old. His son is a pastor. And being able to share that service with him on Christmas Eve, all I could think about was how great Jesus' commitment to us is. A guy that bashed the church, bashed Christians, bashed his son for serving in ministry because he, just like those family people, did not understand why. And as I close with you with this, I, I want you to write this down because this is so important. I don't care if you listen to nothing that I say. Please understand this one point. Our commitment to God is incomparable to Jesus's forever commitment to us. Our commitment to what God wants us to be is incomparable to Jesus' forever, forever commitment to us. Please know this, that there's only reason one, that we have one God that loves us very much and there's absolutely no way that Jesus would have allowed if he didn't have a forever commitment to us for my father to sit in a service with me. Literally, in the first service, if you were here, I was crying because it broke me that much on Christmas Eve to be able to hold a candle as you're singing Silent Night with someone that has never known God. So as, as we move forward, I, I give you these three things. In 2015, number one, pray big. Pray big. Nothing is greater than God. Pray big. Uh, those people will say to me, well, Aaron, I want to raise, or Aaron, I want a new job, or Aaron, I want to have, I want to get married, or Aaron, I want to, you know, whatever. My first response is, well, have you prayed about it? Have you asked God for it? Pray big. Number two, if those five things that I shared with you can be applicable to your life, make them applicable. Make them applicable. And number three, remember that, that as we sit here today, that, that, that God's commitment to us is greater than ours to his. So even though if you fail, you can get right back up, dust yourself right off, and start serving the next day. Because I know that God has an amazing things in store for each and every one of you in 2015. I firmly and strongly believe that. I say constantly that I do not have all the answers. Not a single person does, not one pastor, not anyone. But my goal when I preach is to challenge and encourage each one of you to walk out of here and want to further who God is currently in your life. I remember as a child, the book that, 
I, some of you guys who used to go to old church, now I don't really use it anymore. You guys remember these books that you flip open and you would write your name in? Does anybody ever remember those at all? You, and you would do a little check. The three ones that I remember were visitor, regular attender, or active member, and which one you would fall in, and I don't, I don't know which one that is. My challenge for you for Taylorville Christian Church, my challenge for you in 2015 is you put a checkbox in active member. Actively giving your time, actively giving your talents, and actively giving your tongue to who God has created you to be. When you hit that checkbox, that's when God will become active. And that's when you'll lose your weight. And that's when you'll do all those other things that we talked about that you're probably not going to do after the first week of your commitment to your New Year's resolution without God. I'll be here the rest of the day. If you have questions or about anything that I said, if you have comments, if you want to know about my ministry, I work for Alina Christian Ministries. It's a Christian adoption and Christian foster care ministry. I had the daunting task of raising money, which is hard. <laughs> but I'd also like to talk to you about how we can make your commitment to who God is in 2015. Get started today. Don't wait till January 1st. I'm going to close in prayer. God, we thank you for the day. Lord, we know that you are a good and gracious God. Lord, we know that, that through your son Jesus, we can take upon these actions and live for a greater cause. Lord, it is my prayer that I can fulfill all five of these commitments. In particular, Lord, journal in my faith action. Lord, I want to start that today. I want to see what you've done for me in 2014 and what you will continue to do for me in 2015. Lord, we thank you for Taylorville Christian Church and where God is moving within them. Lord, you are a good and gracious God and you're incredibly caring and you have a forever commitment to us. Lord, we just thank you and we praise you for the people that are here today and for the people a part of the church family that are not. It is in your glorious name that we call out to you, Abba, Father. We thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.